Okay. Let's go. What do we got? Briefly, let's talk about the last podca- podcast. Okay. Um, it's been over a month. It's been like a month and a half since the last oh, podcast. Oh, yeah. And, um, man, it was just, it was so much fun. And uh, I think we want to do it more regularly now. Yep. Just like every couple of weeks, like two weeks. Is, is that a good goal? Yeah. We probably like should that. have discussed this way before I we know. started recording. <laughs> Originally, we wanted to release a podcast specific and congruent with our videos. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, but that video took so long. It was so fun. It was so so fun collabing and stuff, like writing and stuff, but that video (laughs) just took something out of... (laughs) Thunderous. Thunderous. It was rough. Um, Yeah, no, I, I totally agree, like... We'll, def- uh, we'll definitely have to play with, like, the creative um, way way that it's made. Right. I don't know, like, the structure of it, I mean, yeah. Right, because I'd like to do a lot more videos as well. But yeah. we have just hit block after mental block of, like, do we want to do this for video? Do we want to do this for video? Yeah. And just trying to... Uh, Podcasts just seem even a pick lot. a topic is, is difficult, and yeah, podcasts just seem a lot more tangible, a lot, a lot easier to just like go. And, and it's a medium that both of us interact with even more than videos. Oh, uh, yeah. On oh, a yeah. Basis. We both love podcasts. So it's yes. getting to create something that we also love to engage with ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the other thing that I noticed, and I noticed it most in the edits, was the amount of long pregnant pauses and likes and ums. Ah, yeah. Part of that was the subject matter, which I fully blame you for. (laughs) Yes. Wanted to dive into some, some deep, uh, artsy discussion. What is art? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, definitely a mind bender (laughs) in some ways. Yeah. Uh, very fun. Very fun. (laughs) I love love talking about that. And so I think, uh, for this podcast, just being able to keep things, we already have a list of things that we want to discuss, and so be yep. able to keep those a uh, little bit more focused, uh, cut down the time, but also uh, knowing beforehand what we're talking about, at least generally, should, even if it does get heavier, more thought-provoking, mm-hmm. keep things a little bit more quick, yep. uh, as I'm yep. struggling to, yep. to, 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 to say, say this, but like... Yeah, we should be able to keep things more on the fly. Yeah. Keep things a little bit more exciting. I think that will cut out a lot of those. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So um, the other thing, which I think this is a segment now, it's, it doesn't take two two episodes for it to be a segment because if yeah. so, we've got segments, baby. we got segments. <laughs> segments um, on segments. We talked about our coasters last time and the movies that we were yes. using. It was, what was it? She's the Man and... Oh, yeah. I think I had She's the Man. What did you have? I don't know. We ended up talking about She's the Man for like a long time. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't really remember. But uh, okay, do you today. Wanna, yeah, today, our coasters. Uh, go ahead and you share yours first. Okay. Well, first we got some uh, DP10, Dr. Mm-hmm. Pepper, um, going on in here. But... Uh, Mine is resting on Aquamarine, the Ooh. mermaid movie from that one time. I, I've never seen Aquamarine. I don't know if I have. I've seen bits. 
bits and bits bits and pieces what's the, your what's yours the other movie uh also i have not seen this movie is b movie the never jerry seen seinfeld b movie and i from what i remember it was heavily promoted and very unsuccessful yeah <laughs> sorry b movie um it was a, it was a b movie which i mean jerry seinfeld i i love jerry seinfeld i know I, so good i own every season of seinfeld i watch multiple episodes of seinfeld every week and uh oh i think the ac just kicked on we got a roll but have you seen much of the new season of comedians and cars getting coffee no mm. yeah comedians and cars getting coffee seinfeld oh, it's, it's it's amazing it's brilliant but the the thing with uh comedians and cars getting coffee this season is uh, one of the interviews, or maybe that was the end of last season. I've, I've seen all of this season. He does, like, Will Ferrell. Mm. I can't remember if it was the first episode of this season or the last episode of last season, but he did a uh, whole episode with President Obama. Tight. Yeah, that was really dang, interesting. high prof. Is, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, dang. Like, it's usually all these comedians, and here's Jerry Seinfeld chilling with the press. Yeah. So and and they, they they did a good job like making light of the situation and it just being a fun and funny thing. Dang, so yeah, that was cool. Yeah, check that out. That's cool. Um, yeah. So Christian, do you want to um, kind of drive us into this next topic? Well, yes, wait, what the did... Oscars. Oh well, there we go. We just watched the Oscars. We had it recorded, and uh, it took us. Probably like five hours. <laughs> like I, I think closer to like seven. Like wow. I think we started watching the Oscars yep. by like maybe nine o'clock. This is our you, life. You left my house at two thirty. I did AM. Wow. Two thirty AM. So so nine to two thirty, so that's later. five and a half hours. And then we just went and watched the rest of it and it took like what time is it? Four o'clock? It took like an hour. I feel like I think I left at like three twenty. I think I left your house at three twenty. No, it was before three o'clock. Oh, it was before three o'clock? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think wow. so. But yeah, just watching the movie. This is our life. We we watch the movie, <laughs> the Oscars. We we watch something that was recorded and then think of something t- to talk about, to say, to comment on. We pause it and talk for however <laughs> long and then resume when we get a chance, when we get around to it. That's every Sunday night, man. Yep. Every Sunday night. Yep. It takes forever. Episodes of SNL take yeah. three hours to watch. Yeah. We didn't even finish the Oscars last night. No, no, we, you had to come back over today, and we had to finish watching it before we could talk about it because we didn't know who won. <laughs> yes. Well, let me let's let me bring up a list of all the awards. Yeah, definitely. Let me look at that. Okay. Um, so, also Chris Rock hosting it. Yes, sir. So, he he made some great comments. Mm-hmm. I loved the comments he made. Like. Very funny, very well said, but also so, like, they rang so true. I was yeah. like, No, yes, he did sir. a good job of um, poking fun of the Oscar controversies yep. involved in this year's Oscars. Yeah. loved. I loved how he said, said a lot of things. All right. So let's start with the first, um, the first award of the night. What was that? That was Best uh, Writing, or Best Original Screenplay. Uh, where are you at? Best I'm, on original the Wiki- I'm on the Wikipedia page. Oscar.go.com. So, oh, so you've got them in order that they were. Yeah. Okay. So, well, okay. So real quick, do we want to yeah. go through each one? 
uh, yeah, let's do a little a little snip of each one. Just kind of go quickly and some thoughts on each, each yeah. of them. Um, um, full disclosure, uh, this is the the first year since like high school that both of, like neither of us combined have seen like all of the movies nominated for best picture. Yeah, I, I think since high school. True. We, yeah, we've been able to see like, every every movie that was nominated. We'd, we'd seen every movie between the two of us, right? Between yeah. the two of us, and uh, this year was not uh, didn't get to the movies too often. Yeah, a year that we were able to do that as much. So, yeah. best original screenplay, Spotlight, um, Spotlight looks it, fascinating. It, yeah, it haven't seen. Um, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, haven't seen it. This is going to be a lot of us saying we haven't seen yeah. it. But de- um, I definitely a lot of movies this year gave voice to people that uh, that definitely prob- like did not really have like a very loud voice before like movies some cinema does something like that with situations and stories and experiences that I don't know if any other medium does as well. Yeah, yeah. The other movies. Um- from this that I have seen are uh, Inside Out and Straight Off Compton. Um, I was very surprised to find out that the Coen brothers were co-writers on uh, Bridge of Spies because I knew oh, it was yeah. a Spielberg movie, but I didn't realize that uh, the Coen brothers were involved in the writing of it. And I know. They are, they are nuts. They're so good. All right, so what's the next award? Okay, next award. Writing Best Adapted, adapted screenplay. screenplay. Big Short. Big Short this one for that. This is the number one movie that I wanted to see. I know. It looks see. so good. I, I Yeah, I waited too long. Like, like, we went and saw The Hateful Eight, and it was an experience, and it was a fun day, but, like, like I wish we would have went and saw The Big Short instead. <laughs> yeah, well, after seeing Hateful Eight, I mean, like, right. Hateful Eight was a, like... We saw very, it in seventy millimeter projection. Yeah, it was an experience. It, you got the we got like the, the it was on the road show. We got the playbill yep. at the beginning with all of the things and the shots in it were beautiful. And it was this huge screen and there was a um, uh, break in in the middle an intermission uh, inter- intermission yeah, an yeah. overture at the beginning and an inter- intermission and, and an entre act after the intermission to go back into the next act of the film, which was oh, yeah. which, which was, was really that? cool. Oh, it was like the over, the similar like whatever the overture would be for the second half right the two. entract yeah entract, entract. Yeah, right. yeah so cool. um oh but, yeah so big short big yeah short, after yeah, seeing that. hateful eight it's like man i mean it was good but the story the story was a little bit of a, oh of a but, but back to big short yeah, back yeah to big big short. that's the reason why we wish like afterward right so Big Short look, look, looked um, very so good. good. I was supr- I was a little surprised that um, the Jobs wasn't wasn't in there um, because their source material, the Walter Isaacson novel, uh, oh, is yeah. very very good. So I, I kind of expected that to be in the best adapted screenplay. Um, Do you see nominees too? Yeah. Nice. Do you not see that? No. Oh man, you're mi- missing out. I just on, see winners. Oh this this is the. Um, the Wikipedia page, man. We're working nice. off different different sources here. It's cool. It's cool. Um, yeah, the, Jobs though. That book you've told me you've read mm-hmm. it. Yeah, no, the yeah the Walter Isaacson Steve Jobs biography is great. Yeah, um, The Martian, um, very very good book, very enjoyable book. Um, it, it's not like good in the 
like, oh, this is world-changing uh, fiction that is going to be required in schools for the rest of forever. But good in that it was incredibly entertaining as a book. And um, and I thought the, the movie did a very good job of translating that book into film. Even reading the book, I was like, oh, man, this is going to be a really good movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was such a captivating movie. All right, next one. Visual effects. Mm-hmm. A machina or X machina. How do you how do you pronounce this? I I, I say X machina. X machina. <laughs> I, I I don't think you're allowed to say that. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, let's believe that. Yeah, out. best visual effects. Um, yeah, I yeah, it, uh, <laughs> good visual effects. Mad Max, also Martian, Revenant, Star Wars, all of them great visual effects. Oh yeah, uh, I don't Star know if Wars. we. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I was yeah. like. Pretty much pulling for Star Wars to win that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's next? Sound mixing, sound editing, both of them. Mad Max swept. Mad Max. Let's just go over the quick. The ones Mad Max swept. Best best sound mixing, best sound editing, best production design, best makeup and hairstyling, best costume design, best film editing. Uh, yep. Do, 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 there do, it is. Uh, Those just, ones. Just going to look and see if there's production any other. stuff. Yeah, so um, I think that really speaks to the type of movie that Mad Max was in that um, it, it was just so brilliant, brilliantly done, all of the technical aspects of film that mm-hmm. are required uh, to make good films. Basically telling the story apart from actors. That's like yeah. all of that stuff. All of, all of that, it was just... They created a world... How mm-hmm. crazy is that? Yeah, all, all, all of that was just so, so well done. Yeah. Um, short film, live action, short film, animated. Never, I never, never, never see those. And I want to. Yeah, we were talking about this last night, how uh, it seems like these films, short films, yeah. a lot of the documentaries, the documentary shorts, the animated shorts, the live action shorts, all of those categories... And even the foreign language, foreign language film. films, yep. yeah, throw that in there too. All of those categories seem very unaccessible compared to the rest of the yes. films. Um, I know. I'm like, where, very, where am I going to see Bear Story or yeah, Stutterer? Make, exactly. Making it very difficult to um, have an opinion on those. Right. But on, they're, they're undoubtedly good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. They definitely are. Um, so, so what's next past see. those categories? So we got music, original song. Music original score for original song, writing on writings on the wall from Spectre, mm, the very, new James Bond. Great, one. Very good. Very yeah, good song. Uh, Sam Smith. Yep, killing Sam that Smith. song. He even performed it at the Oscars. Very well done. What a phenomenal voice that dude has. Yeah, killer voice. Um, and then Hateful Eight for best original His score. Original score. That score yeah, was that bananas. Score it was, was so good. It was phenomenal. Yeah, it yeah. was so so good. So much was done well with that, that movie. Yeah, that 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 movie, like everything except for the story, was phenomenal. The story, I just, I was unenchanted with. From, you could not relate. You could not relate. You could not get behind anybody. Maybe that's right. the point. But yeah, maybe maybe that's exactly what the point is. But but yeah, it was just like I don't have a rooting interest in how I want this to. Yeah, like, I don't care what happens to anybody. Like, and a, I'm, I was never brought to care. What happens to anybody? Right. Everybody in that movie just, all the characters just like suck as people, you know? 
It's just like, oh gosh, no, I don't. Where was there any redemption other than like, like every they were all just like greedy. It was just like a pursuit of power, right, and wealth and stuff. I, I mean, I I kind of wanted Daisy Domergue to die, but yeah. I also didn't care if anybody else did die. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And that was basically that movie in a nutshell. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, see it. Yeah. Or don't. Yeah. I mean, beautiful, <laughs> beautiful shots. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the shots. Um, what, what's next? Okay. Foreign language film, Son of Saul. Like we said, we... Mm-hmm. And, docu- uh, and I think that was the big front runner. I'd, I'd heard a lot about Son of Saul. Um, but, but yeah, like we were saying, it falls into that category of... Um, like, cool. How do we see this? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, documentary short... Girl in, a Girl in the River, The Price of Forgiveness. I know that that these docu- like documentaries, documentary short was Girl in the River, documentary feature was Amy, the Amy Winehouse one. Mm-hmm. Both of those would give you such a glimpse into reality. There's something that documentaries can do that... Right. We, we were talking about can. that a bit last night, that, that um, those two categories of documentary and documentary short subject um, both seem to be perhaps the most important categories like those are the films that are actually um it's like fully honest they're they they have to be fully honest by nature in in nature it's fully honest but but uh they actually seem to accomplish something as well in their in their storytelling and filmmaking um i i think the lady the one for a girl in uh, a girl in the river even said that, like, because of that movie, the Pakistani government rethought its stance on honor killings. Like, oh, like yeah. that's huge. Like, like that's that's, so that's bigger than any of the awards that any of these films are going to get. Like that accomplishment that that film was able to do, um, is, like changed lives. It changed, changed, yeah, lives. changed lives, literally. literally. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. So what's next? Wow. Okay. So we we talked the Amy Winehouse one. Didn't see it. That looks fascinating. I know very little about Amy Winehouse. Um, then directing. Here we go. Directing. Now, now we're in the big guns. Yep. The Revenant. Alejandro G. Iñárritu. 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 Um, very good. This guy. This yeah. guy. So yeah, good. How? I, I think, um, yeah, just when you look at his body of work over the last two years, yeah. uh and how instantly influential he is. And, and he, he's done a lot of other big movies, um, outside of the last two years. Um, beautiful, um, was very, uh, critically acclaimed. Uh, I I know Babel was, was very, uh, critically acclaimed, very interesting movie. And hit one of his, I think his first feature film, Amores Perros. I don't know anything about it, but my sister, who um, has spent spent a lot of time like studying in Mexico and um, speaks very good Spanish, she uh, instantly knew what movie I was talking about. I was like, "Oh, that guy, yeah, every like that's a huge Mexican movie." Wow. Um, and and so I think just when you look at his uh, even kind of short body of work. Um, what he's been able to accomplish has been really impressive. Dang. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's pretty undeniable seeing at least Birdman and the Revenant. Like, wow. 
doing the most, Alejandro. Also, very he's very uh, he's a big risk taker as far as I mean, and does it beautifully. But like long, 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 long single shots. Wow. Yeah, like the the way the revenant was shot. Um, which I, I think did, did we talk about the cinematography category? Oh, yep. Let's go cinematography. Um, Same. Yeah, it was revenant. It was the revenant, and and that was very easy to call because just yes, every, everything about that and the the, the long uh, takes, single shots. Um, it was just it was a joy to watch and like incredibly difficult to film. Like I, I, I don't. I, I was trying to wrap my mind around, like, wait, where, where's the camera in relation to all of this? And it's like, oh, it's yeah. right in the middle, and it's constantly changing its focus of what it's looking at, and it's just a, this long, continuous shots that are just insane. Yeah, thinking about everything that goes into cinematography in that opening scene in The Revenant, when it's like a huge war battle scene when the the Native Americans were like ransacking the frontiersman's camp and there was a ton of fighting the the cinematography the camera had to be like in this whole single shot it had to be on each little piece of action that we needed to focus on and just like writing that out scripting like i don't don't know what a cinematographer like what what their plans are written on i don't know I, I don't know. Um, I mean, it's a lot of like storyboarding. And, oh yeah, storyboarding. Thinking through, but like sweeping what it's up. Look like this guy rides by on a horse. Okay, cool, and throws a tomahawk, and then down here to the action of a guy getting drowned, and then up here to a guy getting stabbed. You know, like yeah, yeah, very well thought out and intentional. And by doing that and not cutting away and not having multiple camera angles and multiple views, you felt like helpless in in your uh in, in just in, in sitting there like like you were just a bystander yep. you almost felt like you were in the midst of this you know battle You're literally a spectator and and you were you felt just as at danger by it yeah yeah it was very like threatening to watch in a way okay animated feature film inside out Honestly, I don't. I don't know if any of the others. I, what were the What were the nominees for animated feature film? Mm, let me look it up. Let me look it up. Because I remember let thinking, hmm, I remember there was a few of them that I was like, I've never Anim- even heard of that. Oh, there it is. Inside Out, uh, Animalisa, Boy in the World, Sean the Sheep movie, and When. Marnie was there, yeah. Yeah, Sean the Sheep movie was the, the only other, other one that I heard of. And uh, Inside Out was very good. So Never um, seen it. I, I w- wasn't surprised by that at all, even though I hadn't seen the other ones. Nice, yeah. All right. Actors, actors. Um, do you want to do, do these right now? I have some, like, things to talk about, to ask about, to think about um, as far as, like, all the things that go into acting and what makes a great actor. So we can do those right now. We'll just talk about those things later. Yeah. Yeah. We'll circle back around to your, um, article that cool. you have for that. Cool. So actress in a supporting role for the Danish girl, Alicia Vikander. I don't, yeah, I haven't seen the Danish girl. Did you? Uh, no, I did not. Oh, um, 
I wasn't surprised Jennifer Jason Leigh uh, was nominated for Hateful Eight. She did very good. I, uh, yep, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to disagree fine. with you that's on fine. that one. It's fine. We can disagree. I know. Uh, we did when we saw the movie. I thought, I thought her performance in it was, was the, the best, like the heart of, of the acting in the movie. Right. Um, not that the acting was bad. It was just also not groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to say that I thought she was a bit of an overactor mm-hmm. in that movie. There were some things where I was just like, okay, okay, you're like a crazy, sinister villain being silly at times just to make us feel uncomfortable. <laughs> I get it. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah. yeah. A nominee nonetheless. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what's the next one? An actor in a supporting role. Mark Rylance for Bridge of, Sc- Bridge of Spies. Mm. This guy, this guy, I don't know if I've seen him in anything else. I don't yeah. know, but he... Apparently did amazing. Did you see Bridge of Spies? I did not. Haha, <laughs> classic. <laughs> Me neither. Uh, um, but uh, I've long said that the best supporting actor, uh, oh yeah, Oscar is almost like the biggest indicator to me of like, man, that must An be amazing a quality, movie. just very quality movie. Even more so than best actor, because I think a lot of times the best actor carries a movie that would otherwise be super subpar. Yeah, oftentimes, um, yeah. But but I think that Best Supporting Actor is just, um, I don't know, indicating the, just the quality of the ensemble of the cast in a lot of ways. And when you look at, like, yes. like The Fighter with Christian Bale, Amy Adams, and uh, oh, the lady that played the mom, I can't remember. Yeah, I don't remember her name either. All three of them nominated for for actor and actresses at in, in supporting role. And the mom movie. won for best actress. And the mom won and Christian Bale won. Christian Bale won, yep. yeah. Um so so yeah, I, I think those categories are really uh, big indicators to me yeah. of of um high, just awesome movies. Yeah, because ensemble like makes a movie. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And when you look at it, um you know, Spotlight both had um had multiple supporting actor noms and um that's it that's the only movie with multiple supporting actor noms oh yeah yep um so yeah so spotlight i mean we'll get to that we'll get to how good of a movie that probably is (laughs) even though we haven't seen (laughs) it (laughs) um actress in a leading role brie larson for room wow room wow that that was a movie that i didn't even see any theaters near us showing showing dang um probably would have had to drive out to uh that little five theater cinema in scottsdale that where i saw inside lewin davis um yeah shows a bunch of like indie ones yep exactly um but yeah i think brie larson was the big time front runner coming into it and uh there was no surprises there it was something that made her so amazing i might say is that she was given very little to work with. So it, it was in, you know, in a, in, it seemed a lot like a two man show. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it was all about her ability to be the person like, yeah, to fully be the person. Like it, it, everything had to come from her. She didn't really have anything externally to yeah, work with. She had to fire hose. Like, and and that was the, like, what would keep us captivated apart from story, you know? Yeah. So 
want to move on to best actor. Mm-hmm. Ooh, this one's a big one. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, The Revenant. Leonardo so DiCaprio. proud. It is a good year for for him to win it. Six, oh yeah, six nominations, first win. <laughs> I uh, there's a a face on Facebook. One of my friends, uh, one of our friends, Levi, said, uh, he said, can we, can we pretend that Leonardo DiCaprio won Best Actor for Wolf of Wall Street and not, what did he say, Grunty McGrunt <laughs> in The Revenant? And I thought that was so funny. Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio, this is, a long, this is a long time coming. Yeah, well, and I think that's an interesting observation. I think his acting in other movies was better than in this movie because he... I mean, it was it was a lot of it was a very specific. He was playing the character, mm-hmm. um, and the, there wasn't there wasn't really a lot of depth explored. Um, but I think this was a year where the stars aligned. Where, um, you know, uh, I mean, Matt Damon for The Martian was one of the nominees. You know, so so like it was it was a category where I think it was easy easier for him to win than previously right well and do you what, what part do you think alejandro inari too had to do with uh had to play in leonardo's you know uh like spotlight well i, I th- you know i think that's i think that's huge i think he's evid- you know obviously a very good director did michael keaton win it last year yeah yeah, yeah. see there exactly. it is like like For he's Birdman. obviously a very good director that is able to really get the most out of the, actors. Yes. Yep. In, in exactly what he needs to make his movie. To out tell of the story. Actor. Yeah. Yeah. Well done, Leo. We and are proud. On, on to the last category, right? Best picture. Yep. Spotlight. Spotlight. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This one, I was like, okay, cool. This makes me really want to see this movie yeah. now. I, I was fully expecting The Revenant to win um, or perhaps Mad Max as like that a dark horse, all- you know. Yeah. Yep. Um kind of like um Oh, I'm trying to think uh The Artist? That was an interesting yeah, one. Yeah, we, 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 did the Artist win over Yeah, Artist um, won. Was, artist like swept the Oscars the year it was in. But is that the year that it won did over did it, well, what did it win over? Oh yeah. I don't know, you're going to have to look that Let me up. uh back up through some academy award let's see last year was birdman um year before 12 years a slave argo oh yeah argo won over some some good movies but i really liked argo too um, here we go. The Artist, The Descendants, Extremely Loud, Incredibly Close, The Help, Hugo, Midnight in Paris, Moneyball, Tree of Life, War Horse. Yeah, I could see the art, artist winning. I think... I couldn't. I did not. I, I, like, I think wow. my, my favorite one in there was definitely Midnight in Paris. I absolutely oh, freaking yeah. love Midnight in Paris. Um, Descendants, I thought, was a very good movie, too. I thought, I thought it was a little boring. I love boring movies. Oh, I guess um, <laughs> Hugo, I thought, was amazing. Hugo was phenomenal. And I thought Moneyball was really good. Warhorse was good. Um, the Help was good. Like, What year was that? 
Um, that would have been uh, February 2012. Okay. So for the 2011 year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Year, year before, there was a year that I was thinking of, year before King's Speech and The Fighter, yeah, and Social Network. That was a great year for movies. Oh, my gosh. That was a great year for, for movies. I yeah, it was. Um, oh. This year, too. Yeah, that's I what this I was year was a great of. year for movies. I was thinking movies. of the, the year The Hurt Locker won. So, so Mad uh, Max winning would be like the year The Hurt Locker won, in my opinion. Yeah. Where it's like a movie that just really captured everybody in an unexpected way. But I think the test of time has proven that the Hurt Locker isn't the one that people talk about from that that year. You know, they talk about yeah. Up. I hear up people talk about Up in the Air more as well. Um, District 9, The Blind Side, Avatar, all those movies are talked about more than The Hurt Locker. And I think the movie that deserved it the most was Inglorious Bastards. But, yep. Um, the Hurt Locker was like, come on. You know, I don't know. I remember just being like, okay, okay, I guess. Yeah. All right, cool. So, so a little Oscar review right there. Yeah, a little Oscar review. Um we're about to the time where we want to change subjects, but I had a couple of notes that I emailed myself from the Oscars last night. Um, uh, one, um, Leonardo DiCaprio's nominations, um, but just the idea that a lot of his movies uh, overshadowed themselves with like, Shutter Island being overshadowed by Inception and Blood Diamond being overshadowed by The Departed. Yes. Oh, twin movies. Yeah. This, well, yeah. Or those aren't really. We twin can movies. go into your article on twin movies. Yeah. Let me bring that up right now. But I think um, in those years, like he was nominated for The Departed and didn't win, if I remember correctly. But I think his acting in Blood Diamond um, was better. And um, same for Shutter Island and, and and Inception, and I think in, I don't think he was nominated for Inception. Was he nominated for Shutter Island? Maybe he was nominated for acting in Shutter Island. But mm-hmm. I think Inception and Departed vastly overshadowed Blood Diamond and Shutter Island, and I think the acting was better for him in the movies that were overshadowed. Even though I agree that the other movies are probably better movies as a whole really wait well, you would you, are you saying that you would have you think the inception was a better movie than shutter island as a whole mm-hmm. oh wow i i i love shutter i, I loved shutter island the movie i i loved i liked the book shutter island even better that's one of the most intense books that i've ever read i i remember thinking shutter island was so 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 much more like gritty and gripping whereas um Inception was so like it was such an interesting creative idea, but it was so it was so unique. Yeah, it just seemed so poppy though, like so just a pop movie. Everybody's gonna love it. Everybody's gonna see it, and you're like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a really fun movie. Yeah, was, and that, but I mean, that's that, those are the movies that Christopher Nolan makes. Yeah, I, I they, guess they're, so. They're they're big, they're I mean, except for huge. Memento. I feel like some of his movies are like, yeah, hmm, okay. But I think they're they're just movies that cover this big scope of ideas of like this is the idea that I'm thinking about and and it covers this huge scope, um, but also makes he makes a movie that is very accessible to the masses. Yeah, well, Interstellar too. I feel like people could come out of that like 
not really liking it. Yeah, I know a lot of people that didn't really like which which is like a that's a one that I feel like is not as poppy. Like uh, Inception is a movie that I if you don't like that movie, you're probably you're probably you're probably a crazy person. You're probably clinically insane because it is such an insanely enjoyable movie. But so I I just think it was like yeah, of course Inception's gonna be. Shutter Island, that's why I'm just like, yes, it was so, so... Martin Scorsese, right? Yep. Yeah, just so... It was so... Same with Hugo. Yeah. <laughs> it was so just terrifying on deep psychological levels that I was so, you know, just glad to... I don't know, glad to see it. I mean, my, it, it just, like, gave me the best kind of shivers. Right. All right, so I found this article... Uh, on this website called twistedsifter.com. It's an article. Twisted Sister? <laughs> I think it's, that's what it's like. It's like a playoff of. Do they uh, say they're they're not going to take it anymore? Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm looking for the author of this article. Can't find it. Can't find the author. Let's just go. Let's just name, let's just name off some, yeah, some we'll, movies. We'll put, we'll put the link below. Yeah. There's some movies. Below, this as, isn't a video. It'll be in the show description. Yeah. Uh, there are some movies, as many of you have probably observed, that are very similar, and they come out at like in the same year. Mm-hmm. And something seems kind of weird. Something seems kind of fishy about them. Let, for example, let's go. Let's. Just, I'm just gonna like list a bunch. Here we go. Armageddon and Deep Impact mm-hmm. in 1998. Very similar movies. Babe and Gordy, nineteen ninety five. Two talking what's, pig what's, movies. What's Gordy? Gordy is another talking Gordy pig movie. Gordy got overshadowed there. Yeah, super got, got overshadowed. I um, had, I did see it because my grandparents owned that movie. B- Babe, um, done by the same guys. Mad did Mad Mad Max. Oh yeah, George Miller. Mad, Mad <laughs> movies. Nice. Yeah. Um, the Prestige and The Illusionist, two thousand six. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Chasing Liberty, First Daughter, oh four. Uh, Volcano and Dante's Peak, 1997. Ants and a Bug's Life, you know, you know. Ants and a Bug's Life, 98. Ants. Turner and Hooch and Canine, 1989. Olympus Has Fallen, White House Down, pretty recently, 2013. Mm-hmm. Friends with Benefits, No Strings Attached. Wow. Just so, such similarities. You're like, ah, how? How? Somebody, somebody had to have been in on something. A Shark Tale, Finding Nemo. Mirror, Mirror, and Snow White and the Huntsman, both mm, yep. Snow White movies. How specific. Both of those came out in 2012. Red Planet, Mission to Mars, the year 2000. I saw both of those. I liked them. <laughs> um, Top Gun and Iron Eagle, 1986. Iron Eagle, man. What Iron is Iron Eagle? Eagle? <laughs> no one knows. <laughs> Capote and Infamous, 06. Happy Feet, Surf's Up, 06, 07. Abyss, Leviathan, uh, 1989, Stealing Harvard, Orange County, Powder Phenomenon, Tombstone, Wyatt Earp, both Westerns, uh, The Wild, and Madagascar. Um, let's go. Yeah, The Truman Show, Ed TV, Horrors, The the Cave and the Descent, 05, mm. Cop Out, The Other Guys, yep, both buddy cop movies, After Earth, Oblivion, in 2013. Mm. How crazy is that? It's crazy. Twin movies. Um, the article basically says that um, basically what I was kind of 
assuming that two two studios had a like two similar scripts. One caught wind of the other and was like, "We need to get this out quick before right. the other one, or as close to the you know, what I mean, as close to the other one as possible, so that no one thinks we're like." just rehashing something if we release it like in two years right. as a result they probably have some rushed production oh i'm sure that's why one of them Be- because like if if one studio script goes out or film goes out first then it's like that studio has to sit on their hands they can't release their movie yeah for that they're years. like probably already in for production years, for exactly yeah and honestly as far as the the scripts being so similar I think in many cases that could just be coincidental, just like based off of trends that are happening, like Armageddon and Deep Impact, both of them like like end of the world movies. That was just kind of a a thing maybe at, around that time. I mean, some of them are a little fishy though. Babe and Gordy, like wow, two talking, talking pig, pig movies. movies, right? I can't. What kind of trend was there that that year? I don't know. Like you know what's going to be really big this year. Talking pigs. <laughs> I know, Talk, yeah. Every kid is going to want to own a pig. <laughs> yeah. For real. That will do. That will do. Um, yeah. It's just a very interesting article I found. Cool. Well, let's transition into something completely different. Yep. All right. Um, so I thought it'd be fun for you to come with something um, that i haven't read or don't know about and for me to do the same for you yeah so that we can kind of get each other's Ooh. first big yeah, thoughts excited. on the idea so quickly um the big apple and fbi fiasco um do you know what i'm talking about bit like barely just like, hit me with hit me with the deets okay so do you remember in San Bernardino, um, the husband and wife that um, there was like a terrorist attack that they perpetrated and they both died in the attack. This was like last year. Um, brief me on the story. That's yes, they, they, I know they, a they, bit about they, it. they just they they you know shot a bunch of people in San Bernardino. Wow. Yeah. Like super messed up. Yes, yes, yep. It's all it's all becoming clear, and a good way to find them would be no. So they're they're dead. Okay. Oh, and both of their personal phones were destroyed um, in the exchange, from what I can tell, or they destroyed them deliberately. Hmm. Um, but the husband's work cell phone is still intact and in the custody of the FBI. Oh, wow. And so the FBI is wanting to get into this cell phone, understandably, Mm -hmm. and they don't want to try to overpower it with passcodes. And lock it up. And not only lock it up, but it could be set up in a way to um, delete everything on the iPhone if it is... If the passcode is incorrectly put in ten times, yep. And so they they because their their reasoning is you know this could be a part of a bigger plot or there could be more things involved or more people 
um, that yeah, we could find out about. This, the scope of this is so huge. Right, p- potentially, potentially re- really big. Yeah. So what they asked Apple to do was to basically write a version of iOS that they could push onto the phone um, that would... Allow the FBI to fully get in. Basically, yeah. Well, yeah. Not, and maybe oh. the pa- where the password would be way you know, overridden or something like that. Yeah, like the basically that would would prevent it from locking out or erasing itself, so that they could just plug it into a supercomputer and just push four digit numbers at it until it unlocks. Yep. Oh wow. Um, and just now, explore the phone. Now Apple has come out and and said no there's no way that we're going to do that right wasn't They're, that like steve jobs's like plan all from the beginning we do we're not going to let or maybe steve jobs maybe just apple as a whole somehow they had this strong like inclination to like have full privacy of all of the owners of iPhones yeah i think i think that's very congruent with their like mentality They're, as a company yeah very very for the individual and and so um and basically you know they've said that um like the, the fbi is like well well you can make it in such a way that it only works for this phone specifically so that we couldn't use this to then gain access to anybody's phone that we right. had taken into custody um and and is and, Apple pushing and, back? Yeah, a, a, Apple is is basically like no. I mean, we'll take this to the Supreme Court and let them decide because we're not gonna we're not gonna wow. give you access to, to to people's iPhones like that. Based in such principle, based in such principle, but the the idea too is like as soon as um, oh yeah, where's the line? Something like that. Yeah, as soon as Apple does this one time, what's going to prevent um, Apple being required to then do it? Anytime the FBI or local law enforcement needs access to a cell phone, yeah, um, it could. It has, yeah. There so, are so so many. So that's 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 the big thing, and I I can talk more about it in a moment. But just give me your thoughts on that story. Yeah, this is an ethical conundrum. You go one way, and a- Apple has to just let the fbi even if it's you know through through supreme court stuff has to let the fbi do this that could potentially we don't this is where the gamble comes in because that could potentially unfold or or uh uncover terrorist operations and be a huge a huge win for justice and peace and stuff like that whereas if that if that does happen if the if allowance if is like given to the FBI, you're right. Like where where's the line? Where's the line? Is it now? Is it now completely in the hands of the FBI to determine when we can hack into phones? When we can just see privacy of people? Honestly, I don't I don't know if I would have you know too too much of a problem with the FBI looking at my phone like. But I could see a lot of people with high-profile stuff on their phone, and it's like, wait, I, I'm not about to just give this to to some F, F, you know, the FBI to, you know, I don't know. Yeah, no, I think I think so. So yeah, let me let me talk a little bit about my thoughts on yeah. this. 
so law is based in precedent a lot of the times. Yeah. And in, in what has happened already will determine the legality of what happens later. Yep. So if Apple uh, decides that they will do this for the FBI and then wants to try to – and then the FBI asks them to do it again and they're like, no, we already did it before. You said you'd only do it once. Now we'll take you to court on it. Then uh, the court can look at the precedent set by the first time that they did it and say – no, it like you already agreed to do it once. Therefore, you're basically saying that you agree there are circumstances in which you need to be able to do this, and yep. and you basically don't have the ability to determine what those circumstances are. Um, the FBI does. You you see you ceded that responsibility to the FBI, and uh, and it'd be very likely the court would then use that precedent precedent to say, no, now you have to always do this if the FBI asks you to. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one aspect of it. The second thing I noticed that you said, because that's a very common um, opinion, is like, well, like, I don't know. I don't think, like, I wouldn't care if the FBI looked at my iPhone. Right. Which, you know, I, I like, personally don't have anything to hide from the FBI or the government. Right. but. At the same time, um, you know, I think it's important to to not willingly give up rights, rights yep. um, just because you don't need them in, right in now. The, yeah, in the current That's circumstances. That's such a good point. Because as soon as you give those up, um, when you do need those rights, there you, are, you don't have they them They are anymore. like forever given up. Yeah. Exactly. Um uh, and I'm going to I'm going to butcher this quote. There's a quote um, that I don't remember who said it. Uh, maybe I'll look it up and find it and put it in the show notes. But something to the effect of um, those who are willing to give up uh, freedoms for t- temporary security deserve neither freedom nor security. Wow. Um, and just this idea that like. Uh, your your rights as an individual are the things that are actually going to keep you most secure um, because it's a um, you know a lens through which you understand what you have at your disposal like like you know that that you have to be treated a certain way because those are the rights. Uh, that are afforded to you. And if you're willing to relinqu- relinquish those rights and rely on somebody else for your security, um, you, you're basically, you're, you're giving up that lens through which to view your own citizenship and then hoping that the best will just happen. Right. Um, yeah. So that, wow. th- those are kind of my, my thoughts on that. Yeah. That's really good. Gi- I mean, that's really given me uh, an an opinion probably that, oh, wow, that on, on those grounds probably would not be best for the FBI to have the information. It really, it sucks. That sucks so bad. Mm-hmm. It's something that really, 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 really and, sucks. And the reality is there's probably nothing on that phone in particular, hmm. but right. um, it seems like there's a sentiment that the FBI 
sees this as a chance to to have a power grab that that they can they can basically get more power in their hands by pushing like, this through like for the future for the future oh, wow. when, when when a circumstance arises where they would need that because the, the, it's it's unlikely that this guy's work phone that wasn't destroyed is going to be the key to everything it's more right. likely his personal phone that was destroyed had all much more inf- yep. information on it yeah and the the question of security could be asked of each side though too because you're 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 thinking also if the FBI does get a hold does get a hold of necessary you know or seemingly necessary information you know when they need it that could increase our security that you know it has a potential to like wow yeah you're keeping you're keeping our country safe but at the same time i don't know if i don't know if it's worth relinquishing individual well, in, right. in what is the role of the uh, government in, in, and their ability to force individuals or companies to do what they want them to? Right. That's when it, yeah. Apple isn't doing anything illegal, but the FBI is basically wanting to force them to do something that isn't in Apple's best interest and, right. and isn't in the best in interest of Apple's customers. Yeah. That's and and so um, yeah you I, I think you don't want to place the power in the government to be able to basically force anybody to do anything that the government wants at all times. Right. That's when we get to really scary places of power and control mm-hmm. in the authorities that be. That's a great point. So, all right, let's move on to your topic. Yeah. All right. Let's got to keep on track. Yeah, as far as um as far as acting goes, I mean watching watching the Oscars just basically made me think, oh, what on what grounds are actors uh selected for best actor or, or nominated? Mm, mm. Um like what makes an actor good? And I found an article. I found an article from slate.com by um one of their contributors Titled, How Do You Differentiate Good Acting from Bad Acting? If you want to Google that, Slate.com, How Do You Differentiate Good Acting from Bad Acting? And we'll put a, a link. Yeah, I'll pull it up right now. Um, and we'll put a link to this in the show notes. Uh, you go ahead and kind of give a little bit of an overview of what's talking about. Right, yeah. Um, so it's the, the contributor that wrote this. Oh, his name is Marcus Gedould. He was he's a Shakespearean director, a computer programmer, a teacher, and a writer. And when the question was asked, how do you differentiate good acting from bad acting, he gave his subjective answer. But I think it has a lot of wisdom. It contains so much truth about the the reality of what makes a good actor good. Uh, he basically there, there's a list. Here we go. Um, first. Uh, first for me, an actor is good if he makes me believe he's actually going through whatever his character is going through. Uh, and beyond, beyond just physical stuff, like he's really getting shot or he's really jumping off a moving train, it says, um, he's thinking more psychological stuff, like he really is scared or he really is in love. 
if an actor seems to be faking it, he's not doing his job. And that's just a, a great point. I've thought about an actor's convey, like an actor's ability to convey an emotion can oftentimes, if it's done very well, it can connect with your soul. It does something. It, mm. it makes you like shake in your boots. You know what I mean? Like things, you, you know, just like earth shattering uh, glimpses at humanity. Goodwill Hunting is one that I'll always go back to. Yeah, Robin Williams. No, yeah, Matt Robin Damon. Williams in that just yeah, so insane. Great. Um, I, I can just go through the list of things that he has. So. Second, the actor has to surprise me. This is this is an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just read some some points that he writes in this paragraph. This is this is the most nebulous requirement, but it's important, except for some really small parts that aren't supposed to call attention to themselves, like a bank teller or something. Uh, but uh, it's not enough for the actor to just seem real. Uh, ac- actors just like. Act like characters, just like everybody else, just like all humans, do things that that wow you occasionally. Mm. That's oh wow, that's They're that's an interesting unexpected. Yeah, unexpected. That's some that's an interesting glimpse into the way you would react to a situation like this. You know, you you, you notice it in your friends and stuff. Um, and, and an actor conveying a character uh, should be no exception. That should mm. uh, yeah, they, that's a good point. Jack Nicholson is a big one that that like will surprise you uh oh also what what is it uh gary oldman and johnny depp are two examples that he says they surprise me they surprise us by being truthful while playing multiple very different roles uh very great great point christopher walken glenn close al pacino also have a surprising danger in them he says uh, let's see. So surprising an actor. It's gotta be surprising. What's third? Third, the actor is vulnerable. Um, this was all of these things just ring so true. Great actors share the parts of themselves that most people keep hidden. Mm. Uh, they're always naked. Good actors are always naked. Not <laughs> in, sometimes right, right, literally right. naked, but like emotional nakedness is what the, the author's talking about. Bad actors are guarded. You've seen actors, you've seen actors that, uh, that don't really that feel maybe self conscious about fully divulging their true reaction or true mm. like intentions when they're reading a lot when they're saying a line. They're the people who uh, will just will never fully let you in and never you know in turn never fully allowing you to relate to their character. Um, one of these is uh let's see i think this might be the one where he talks about keanu reeves um no maybe that's a little bit later all right fourth the actor knows how to listen a great mm-hmm. actor yeah, great. listens well uh when it comes to engagement of other characters and conversations interactions if that if that actor is good you will be able to tell very well that they are listening um, and reacting, you know, as, as a result of their listening. Let's see, it says fifth actor is a well-honed instrument, by which I mean he knows how to use his voice and body to serve whatever role he's playing. Um, the negative example he uses here is Kristen Stewart. Uh, it says it's almost painful to watch her. She looks like she'd rather be anywhere else but in front of the camera. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, 
He says uh, Hoffman was a great example. He, he embodied all of those. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, Philip yeah. Seymour Hoffman. That's a, that's a great point. Um, yeah. Uh, so as I'm looking down, it says Keanu Reeves in my mind is a horrible actor, mostly because he's wooden and fake. It often seems as if he's reading from cue cards rather than saying the words that are his. Um, there's a difference between playing an undemonstrative person and being a wooden actor. I think that that definitely mm-hmm. rings true. I'm going to roll down um, and read this, uh, his conclusion here. Finally, yeah. Finally, many people confuse it. An actor's life for his work. Hmm. Many people confuse an actor's life with his work. With his work, right. Yeah. So people's uh, people's ability to relate to a character is often lost in their ability to relate to that human, the act, the actor himself. When really that's not the point. Uh, then they use the example of Tom Cruise. It's a great example. Mm. Uh, Tom Cruise is a high profile Scientologist and many people dislike that religion. But when it comes to his acting, like if you can separate, you know, whatever qualms you have with his real life, then, you know, it can often, like allow you to enjoy his characters right yeah yeah so okay um some of my thoughts thoughts on that i think yeah i think um i think he's spot on on a lot lot of what he's saying and it's all subjective that's important to to know and i I think what so when i when i'm looking at um people that have um i don't know just roles where it's like oh man that this person is one heck of an actor yeah um you know, my my favorite go to example is Christian Bale in The Fighter, oh, yes. and there's just like the the first thing I I, th- I think of is the person's eyes, like just you 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 can see the character in their eyes apart from the actor. Like yes, um, which which category would you say that falls under? I th- I think, I think that might be a well-honed instrument. Well-honed instrument and listening. I think those two are, are yeah. in, incredibly important. Um, like that, what the actor does when he's not speaking, the the, the way he acts without without the yep. the words that he's saying. Because yep. a lot of people can present words in a very effective way, but but the way that a great actor can just like I don't know act without even having to say the his lines. Yep. Absolutely. Um, to, to convey meanings and like, or even lines where it, it becomes very underplayed. So in the fighter, when Christian Bale is getting Amy Adams to, um, come back to the team and he's standing outside and, uh, they're they're yelling back and forth at each other and, and she's cussing him out and he's like, He's like, well, you just, and he starts out real loud. And then he's like, stop, like stutters and pauses. And he's like, wait, will you just come down here? Like, you just come and it becomes this very understated yep. line, but it's all about his, his body and his eyes yep. and his face and his arms. It's and, packed full and, of intention. Yeah. There's, there's, there's so much in that moment of just like, like for the first time mm-hmm. with her in that movie, she is seeing the, the, the vulnerability of, of the that of that person yep and, and, and it's so human yes also. yes it's it, such a human thing 
Yes. Him he, trying to get her. And, and her reaction to it is great. Like, she just pauses for a second and is staring at him and then closes the window and comes downstairs. Like, yep. like it, it's it's so powerful to, to yeah. watch that moment. Um, yeah, and, and a big part of it, the responsibility that Amy Adams has in that scene is to react uh, realistically. So even if even if she wasn't inclined to go downstairs, she has to allow herself or allow her character to be moved by his by what by what he did. Right. What he did is making her actually go. Okay, okay, I'll hear him out. You know, he's trying to get get some get something off his chest. But yeah. Yeah. reactions are, are so important and that's found oftentimes in listening i don't know do you have a do you have another thought on that like just uh i don't know pick a specific example in your mind and and what that person did in that specific role that really just seemed to transcend the screen hmm wow Wow, you know what? I this this might sound silly, but I stand so by uh, Jim Carrey's performance in Dumb and Dumber. Hmm. He he did things in that movie that were so insanely human. Yes, that that despite the the silly writing and things like that, and like how dumb of a person you know he came he came off as mm-hmm. uh, he did things and said things that you're like, wow, yes, I've heard a person say that before. Mm-hmm. Or like, I can so see a person saying that in that way. It, like when he said, don't worry, it's okay. I'm a limo driver. Like <laughs> that is, that is some, that he's speaking with some supposed authority right. that a person would actually speak with like if they actually job, had clearance. His job has some sort of authority. Yeah. But yeah. But but it's a, the the gem is in the writing where oh, it's yeah. like, ah, that's so funny, LOL. Why would a limo driver have clearance? Right, right. <laughs> you know. Uh, I, I think of like when he's exiting the convenience store and he's like, Oh, big gulps, eh? Well, see you later. Yeah. Like, the, it's the like pause, the, he paused just the right the, amount the, of time. Yeah, the timing of everything there is just perfect. Yes. And and it is just such like a oh I know yeah. exactly yep. exactly the type of interactions that he's talking about. Where yep. where you see somebody and you just say something and then you're like why did I try to start a conversation well, with also, this person? Yeah, like I dr- like I had yeah. n- I have nothing else to say. Yep. And now I'm stuck and they're staring at me. Yep. Well, and, see you later. And you can you can tell by the way he says it, and by the fact that he says it, that there is such excitement in him. He's mm-hmm. just so excited to be traveling to Aspen, and you know when you know when you're excited about something, and you're just you're just very bubbly. You're just really mm-hmm. excited, and you're just down to talk to anybody because you're just on yep, top yep. of the world. That's how he was feeling. He's just like, hey guys, big gulps, huh? Like what kind of? Yeah. That's of course <laughs> silly writing, but like. I get what he's doing. I, he's excited. And and then, well, see you later. Because well, he has nothing him. else. Yeah. And the, the the other one that came to mind when you were saying that was um, when he's trying to uh, feel, I don't know, almost like adult or grown up. Like they're mm-hmm. sitting at the diner and he's mm-hmm. like, 
Hello, Flo. <laughs> what's 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 the uh, soup du jour? That's the soup of the day. Mm, that sounds nice. I'll have that. That sounds good. She didn't yeah. tell him anything about the soup, right? She just translated it from yeah, French. Exactly. Like, uh, but, I think I'll have that. But but like yeah, he he doesn't know French, but he's he sees it on the menu and he's. He's doing an adult thing of like asking about something, asking on, the about something on the menu. Yeah, he's already decided that he's going to have it. Obviously, yeah. so or he's, he's just like going. So off he's of asking the- about it, and he's just like, "Hmm, that sounds nice. I'll have that." Like, like you see people order yeah. at and restaurants. The look like he that. gave Jeff Daniels. The look he said, mm, "That sounds good." Yes. He looked at him as if like, "Yeah, that's going to be my decision." Yep. Yep. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's totally. Yep. That's so good. That's so good. So good. Oh, cool. I mean, if you yeah. haven't seen Dumb and Dumber, watch it. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, obviously watch Dumb and yeah. watch it again, and then watch it again. Yeah, um, it's that so is the Pirelli brothers at the yeah. pr- at their prime. That is just absolutely. Cool. Um, yeah. So I think uh, that's it. You know, yeah. we tried to not talk forever on each topic and <laughs> yes. try to fit in more topics. And if you if you listened to our first episode. Thanks for thanks for coming back. Yeah, because that was a really long one, and we so appreciate you listening. Uh, tweet we us, appreciate let feedback. you know, know you're out there. I'm at Justin Bogus. He's at Mr. Awesome Kid. Yep. Yeah. On where? Twitter. Yeah, Mr. Awesome Kid on Twitter. Ah, that's so funny. Yeah. I don't go on Twitter very much. But yeah, <laughs> that's my Twitter username. But, but t- t- tweet at us if 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 you listened. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, those are our actual Twitters. So, yeah, we appreciate so much. Stay tuned. Yes, yeah, stay tuned. And uh, Christian, oh, yeah, our what's, names. Our, what's our catchphrase for the show? I, I can't remember I if. if uh, uh, oh wait, I, I I think I got it. Life is like a box of chocolates. <laughs>